joined in this half hour by state representative and all-around great guy, Tim Butler. Tim, good morning to you, sir. How are you doing? Other duties as assigned, Chris. Yeah, WNH, right. So <laughs> yeah, that's the way it goes. Yeah, you know, we Slider fans are gamers, that's for sure. There you go. Uh, yeah, really. There you go. Listen, Tim, your fellow Republican representative, Mike Murphy, has been uh, was on and was a little critical of the governor's decision to classify virtually all essential workers who contract COVID-19 as workman's comp cases. What's your take on that decision? Well, I think it's, that's something that a lot of us are concerned about. Uh, Mike is is a real expert on this issue, obviously a small business owner from the restaurant industry and things like that. So we've had a lot of discussions about it. It's something that came up on uh, a conference call we had yesterday with the House Republicans. You know, we certainly want to, um, you know, be as protective as people as we can. This is unprecedented times. But also, you know, this could be a huge hit on, on businesses as well. And so uh, I think I think having, um, you know, the proper protocols in place when it comes to a, a workers' comp issue on something like this to make sure that, um, you know, not only are the individuals protected, but the businesses are, are protected as well. And that, that's, that's really, I think, our concern about it is that, you know, somebody, somebody could contract this virus outside of a work environment, environment but now the, the businesses could be on the hook for it. So that, that's our concerns. And plus the fact that these were done through emergency rules. There really wasn't a lot of discussion about this. Uh, and this is something that usually would, would really get a lot of vetting um, to be put into place. So hopefully it's something we can continue to talk with the administration about to, to make sure that, that businesses who are, who are tremendously burdened right now, obviously, uh, just don't have more things heaped on top of them as well. Representative, uh, the governor laid out a pretty grim fiscal picture for the state yesterday. Billions of dollars in lost revenue just in this fiscal year and next. That blows a huge hole in any budget that might have been passed. Uh, what are you and your caucus saying about this, and where do we, we start to to cut or try to otherwise shore up the budget to make up that shortfall? I, I was um, I was able to participate in a call yesterday with um, several of the appropriations, the top people on our appropriations committees, on, and both the House and the Senate, um, as well as the budget people, along with Deputy Governor Hines and the head of the, the governor's office of management and budget. So that was, you know, that was a really good call where they laid out the situation that we're going to. I mean, we could be potentially staring uh, upwards of six billion dollar hole. What we're thinking of right now for the for the budget next year. Which is which is really obviously a huge problem for us, um, and there's there was a lot of talk. There has been a lot of talk since this came out yesterday about relying on the federal government for for more help. But you know, all 50 states are going to be going to the government, the, the federal government for help as well, and and hopefully the federal government will provide some relief to the states to help them get through this. But at the end of the day, we're going to have to craft a budget that lives within the revenue that comes that's coming in the door and it's going to be very difficult i mean there i think there's going to have to be some some very painful cuts uh to help manage this there's there's going to have to be unfortunately to deal with a you know six to seven billion dollar drop in revenue um you know less services probably that are provided by the state you're probably going to see the bill backlog uh continue to grow uh, in illinois and it's it's going to be a very difficult situation i don't think we're yet, it's one of the things that came up on the call yesterday, you know, what's the path forward? How are we going to craft this? And there's really, honestly, you know, between the governor's office and the legislature, there's not a ton of discussion on that going on right now. 
we just learned these numbers really yesterday. Um, we'll wait for um, uh, the Commission on Government Forecasting and Accountability to, to give their numbers as well. And we do have, I think, a little bit of time to, to try to manage this. It's, it's mid-April. Um, the budget year doesn't start until uh, July 1. Uh, we have some time uh, to hopefully get some better data uh, over the next month before we really, I think, have to get serious about about how we're going to craft the budget. But it's going to be hard. It's going to be tough, and I think it's going to be it's going to be painful for a lot of people because I don't think we have a lot of options on the table on how we're going to fill a huge budget hole like that. State Representative Tim Butler's with us on News Talk ninety four point seven and nine seventy WMAY in the morning news feed at seven forty five right now. But getting back to those cuts, though, so, uh, one of the things, uh, Representative, is that a lot of people are going to be seeking social services for basically the first time in their lives. A lot of people are unemployed for the first time. What do you tell those people when it comes back to cutting uh, if, if there's no help for them? Well, it's. I mean, that's where we're going to have to look at at what is. Uh, absolutely essential to provide versus versus what isn't. And um, things like uh, unemployment benefits, which we've got huge issues right now trying to get people into the system uh, and make sure that they, they get the benefits that are coming to them. That's the combination of, of federal and state uh, uh, resources that, that go into it. But, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to evaluate this. And this is, like I said, I mean, we've got, we've got, you know, a, a couple months here to try to figure this out going into the next fiscal year. But those those are the discussions that, that, that we're going to have to have. And, and you're right, that social services and, and things that are people are going to have to rely on are things we need to take a look at to, to make sure that we have what we need to take care of people as best we can. But this is, you know, this is really, as with everything else, both on the state and federal levels, this is unprecedented. We weren't prepared for this, especially in a state like Illinois, where we had no rainy day fund. We've had budget problems for, for many years here in Illinois. And to put this on top of it is just going to make it, like I said, it's going to make it very difficult. And, and I do think we're going to have to prioritize, you know, which services are most important to provide to people. And those are the discussions we're going to be having over the next couple of months. Representative, some of your Republican colleagues have complained that the governor's made a lot of decisions unilaterally, has not uh, sought uh, legislative input on this. They want more of a voice in all of that. Uh, if you had more of a seat at the table, more of a say in this, what would you be doing differently from what the governor has done so far? Well, I think one of the things that the governor should do and I, and I give him you know I give him credit his his public facing information and having the news conferences every day and things like that he's he's done a very good job with that he has you know obviously to the public I think he's done a good job of relaying information I think to the general assembly I think there there does need to be more coordination and cooperation uh, I've said and people know it's we're a co-equal branch of government and I think I think when those budget numbers came out yesterday all of a sudden, that's you have to start dealing with the legislature because the governor can't appropriate those dollars. That's that's the responsibility of the legislature. So he's going to have to rely on the legislature to do not only that but a lot of other things. And so I would I would encourage the governor to convene a meeting of the four leaders. Uh, I know both uh, Leader Durkin and Leader Brady have suggested that to the governor. And I would I would encourage him and his team to have more two-way dialogue with legislators because I don't think there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of information being disseminated. Um, and mm-hmm. so this budget call that I was on yesterday is a, is a really good 
meeting. I've been on a few of those. And Deputy Governor Hines is on there, the head of their governor's office of management and budget is on there. And it's a two-way conversation where, where legislators can ask questions, and that's good. Um, I think the, a lot of the meetings that happen and a lot of the calls that happen are one-way discussions where, they're, where the governor's office is just pouring out information and there's really no opportunity for legislators to ask questions. And at the end of the day, we got to work together. I mean, we got to we got to work together to to figure this out. And I would encourage the governor and his team, especially he's got some really smart, bright people, to better engage the legislators to have a two way conversation on things. Representative Tim Butler with us. First of all, we uh, Tim and I both agree that uh, it's insane. Major League Baseball trying to do all the games in Arizona. Do they realize it's going to be 120 degrees there in a month? I, <laughs> yeah, I think a, I think that would be a bad thing. Unless I guess unless they all play them in the dome in Phoenix, who knows? But yeah, they just, uh, <laughs> yeah, they just run that. continuous games at the dome. Oh damn, we're playing yeah. at two in the morning tonight. You know, it's like whatever. Maybe maybe crazy. they should take over some of those like you know rookie league fields in montana or something like that you know? yeah something like that yeah, yeah there's not much going on in montana right now as far as coronavirus goes but I, I, anyway go ahead jim well representative uh we've seen some protests now springing up in places like michigan and ohio uh people who are just fed up with the stay-at-home orders seeing some rumblings on social media something like that could be happening here in illinois on may 1st unless the orders relaxed but what are your thoughts on that and what would your message be to people who are are just kind of fed up with all of this well, I, I agree that I think people are getting increasingly frustrated. I think all of us, uh, no matter, you know, I, I think everybody's frustrated with the fact that, you know, uh, we have had to change the way we live and, and our way of lives, and, and uh, we can't move around like we want to, and we can't participate in the things we want to. So I think I think everybody's frustrated. You know, I would I would hate to see, you know, I, I do believe that that as, as hard as this has been, I do believe, you know, this – the stay at home uh, has helped us reduce the number the, the spread of coronavirus. Uh, and so I would I would hope that people would take that into consideration when they when they start thinking about those things. And I hope that they would listen to their their health officials. And if if you don't want to listen to Dr. Azike because she works for Governor Pritzker, then talk to your local health officials like I do. Talk to your you know, the people at your hospitals, people at SIU Medicine, talk to your local health department, find out what they think, because you'll probably hear the same thing that, that people like Dr. Zike say. And so I would I would hope that, that people would respect the decisions as difficult as they are um, and, and hopefully not get politics into the situation on either side. Uh, I'm frustrated like everybody else, but, but at the end of the day, this is about preserving lives. And I think those of us especially who who um, you know have advocated for life across the spectrum? This is this is another way for us to to advocate for life. Tim, what are our chances of having an Illinois State Fair this year? I asked Andy Menard that earlier. Well, I hope that um, that uh, Director Costello and, and people like Kevin Gordon, the, the fair manager, that that they're able to make this decision as as late as possible. Obviously, there's things that need to be there's contracts that need to be signed, uh, entertainment contracts, but my guess is you can the entertainment industry isn't going right now, so you can make decisions pretty late on some of the stuff would would be my guess and i hope I hope they're able to evaluate it and make a decision as late as possible i I certainly am concerned when you know the governor announced last week his his thoughts on potentially reeling in you know large gatherings in the summer and 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 everything and and the state fair would be something like that, but the state fair has such an impact on our our local economy 
And our local economy, just like a lot of other communities, but our local economy, especially in Springfield, is hit tremendously by the downturn in state government. Um, this is usually a very robust time in Springfield with the legislature in session and, and restaurants and hotel rooms and things like that, and that's not happening right now. So to add the state fair on top of that, uh, if it would be canceled, would just be another blow to the economy. So um, we've got a few months. We've got four months until the state fair starts. I hope they um, they make a decision you know, as late as possible with, with the best um, – the best things in front of them to make that decision. So, Representative, in that scenario, you would then support uh, the Illinois State Fair maybe uh, starting without entertainment in the grandstand at all? Well, I think that's – I would assume those are the discussions they're, they're probably having. Um, I think, I think you know, you're going to have to make a decision, number one, whether or not you have the State Fair. Um, that has to be the, the first decision. And then I think after that you have to make a decision if you do open the State Fair – how you structure it um, uh, properly to make sure that there there aren't any problems. So I think the first decision they need to make, which which you know I haven't had a discussion with Director Costello or anything about it, but I would I would hope that that's a decision. You know they don't have to make it today, but obviously probably in the next month or so that's that's a decision they're going to have to have a, a make. But but to make that decision as late as possible, so they get the best information. And if and if it means not having grandstand entertainment. To open it, um, that's that's certainly better than nothing. And when it comes to trying to help the local economy and trying to make sure that we have a good state fair, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think it's almost a, to a point where people are going to be so cooped up they're going to want to go to the state fair regardless of whether it has entertainment or not. If they, if they're, <laughs> um, what's that? People might just show up anyway. Yeah. yeah, you never know. You never know. State Representative Tim Butler, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it this morning on the news feed. You're welcome. Appreciate it, guys.